Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, joined by the crew, the Monday DFS crew. Sia Nishad is here. Sia, welcome in. I just want to publicly apologize to Jacob Halleck's, uh for yeah. mushing his one you and better. dones, but it's DFS season today, so that's what I'm here to talk about. Yeah, we don't have to put you on the spot with those uh, pesky one-and-done questions today because uh, that, that's a test you've been failing, Sia, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean, Will Zalatoris, I, I didn't know he was going to lose 4.22 strokes putting. I mean, it's just a zero putter day, and he sails through the cut and maybe has a Xander finish. Instead, uh, I, I not only mush myself, but Jacob as well. It's it's not cool. I, I don't know what to do. It's not cool. Greg Ducharme is here. He is cool. Hey, Greg. Oh, well, thank you for that. You're um, welcome. See, uh, I thought we could have had a, a better public apology there. Uh, I thought <laughs> yeah. a little more was warranted. Um, but hey, it's better than nothing. Um, this is a really exciting week for me. I, I love major weeks. I, I love, you know, sometimes we get these courses on the PGA Tour that we've never seen before. I always think those are fun weeks. Uh, and when we get to majors, we've seen enough. But in this case, we haven't seen it really since with these players since 2007. And there aren't a lot of guys in contention. There aren't a lot of guys we're going to be really interested in in this show who have um, who have seen this golf course and nobody's seen it after the Gil Hands restoration. So uh, it, it's really exciting for me to try to decipher what's going to be important. And we've already seen the million dollar lineup on Twitter. So there's, um, you know, the there's a lot of great options in your lineups and it makes for such a fun DFS week. People tweet me lineups all the time on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and I always say something like, wow, looks great, looks awesome, which I truly feel that way. Everything looks right. good Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's hard to see a lineup and be like, I hate this. Well, yeah. Rick, especially on major week because of yeah. the pricing, because how much talent is in you know, the 7K and sometimes the 6K range. It's like, yeah, that that looks amazing. I hope I can build a lineup better than that. And then you build a lineup and you think it's the best lineup in the world, too. I mean, that's how it is during, you know, the four major weeks and some of the other tournaments as well. And the other thing is, it's so hard to look at a player like if you you look at this 10K range, which we'll get into in a minute here. And, and you say, oh, uh, you got Rory in there. Ah, that's a terrible play. Like, How, <laughs> how are you going to how do you? Go, it's so hard to go down that path and criticize lineups early in the week um, in, in a major, especially. The boys are headed to Tulsa. Southern Hills is the venue, a par 70, 7,500 and 56 yards. Greg, I'll bounce this right back to you because as you mentioned, that Gil Hans 
Um, uh, not a redesign, right? It's a restoration, kind of getting right. back closer to Perry Maxwell's original design. It looks awesome from everything that I've seen in the flyovers, and we've had kind of some boots on the ground. But um, how would you assess skill set, the types of players who should have a leg up when they get to Southern Hills? Uh, it's very interesting. Um, 75.56 is a little longer than the number on, on the PGA championship site. It's got it at 73.65. So I'm, I'm very curious to know how it's going to be set up. And my initial reaction is, you know, I, I was looking at some of the holes on there, um, all from the PGA championship site. And you have two really long par fives. Um, 656 and 632. That's number five and number 13. So I find that's very interesting. They're probably reachable if the wind is going in the right direction uh, and it's firm for some, but you have to hit it in the fairway. And it's not like some of these 550 yard par five, uh, par fives that we get uh, week to week where they're reachable no matter what, uh, even if you hit a, a poor tee shot, you'll see some more layups on those. The par threes are long. Three of them are over 220 yards. And then, but the par fours aren't all that long, which I find very interesting. So when I, when I go through this golf course, I find not at least nine wedge opportunities. Um, which, which I think opens up the field. A, a lot of the PGA championships we've seen in the past, I'm thinking of Kiowa. I'm thinking of, um, I'm thinking of Beth page black where it, it seemed like th there was a huge advantage to longer hitters. And there was a really limited number of guys who could win. I feel like this one is much more open and you're going to see a little more, um, attention on, uh, approach the green, um, you're going to see a little more attention on angle and strategy. And then you have some runoffs off the green. I, I think short game, you're going to see some real skill set defined in short game as well. So I, I'm looking at the T to green strokes gain T to green is a really important aspect this week uh, with the emphasis on probably um, more approach play than, than driving, which has not been the case in a, in a lot of recent PGA championships. Yeah, I think that's a lot of astute observations there. I think you'll hear the word options a lot this week. There's a lot of holes that you can play a lot of different ways. And then, see, I, I agree. That second shot, uh, you're either going to separate yourself on the second shot or you're going to have to have a pretty darn good short game because the greens are... Uh, the greens are smaller than tour average, 5,047 square feet on average. The tours average is closer to 6,000 square feet and effectively even smaller, in my opinion, because you can see during the restoration, one of the things that Gil Hans did is they kind of flattened and rounded out those edges. So there's, there's just smaller areas to keep your ball on the green. So if you're not keeping it on the green, see you better be able to get up and down. I totally agree about the up and down part. And the around the green game is definitely going to be a focal point. I will say this, though, as much as the narrative is going to be, and properly so, you know, second shot golf course approach play, I'm really looking for off the tee to sort of differentiate myself a little bit this week. I, I like the idea of, and I respect the the idea of like nine shots in with, you know, conceivably with a wedge. But I, I think there's a lot of holes here where you can really make a mess of things. And, and especially with the small greens, I really am intrigued by the idea of having the shorter irons in to some of these small grain uh, greens and some of these sort of runoff areas. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have as much of a focus off the tee 
uh, as I am approach. And I'm going to focus on around the green too, which is a nice way of saying, you know, I guess I'm looking for the all around game. But I think the bigger point for me is one of the ways I'd like to differentiate myself is maybe to have more of an emphasis off the tee than some of the other people that are playing this week. You know where else you might need a wedge, Greg? Those uh, those sand bunkers. 87 of them on the golf course. 11 different holes with at least four greenside bunkers. The way that I would describe the greens, not only small, but well protected. If you miss a green, it, it, it's going to be a challenge. Lots of different challenges. You're either going to get that kind of um, tight lie where you've got to you know clip one clean, or you're going to be playing out of one of the seemingly million bunkers out here. Yes. Um, now, it it seems like in the work that Gil Hands did around the greens is a really big emphasis. Um, and, and he's actually joining us on course record tonight, uh, which airs at seven o'clock on CBS Sports Network. And it's really interesting, some of the things that he has to say. But um, and I'll keep you updated on all that. But um, but basically, in what I've read about the golf course, it used to be a lot of rough around the greens. So you'd have bunkers, which you still do. And he, he redid some work to the bunkers as well. But you, you had a lot of bunkers and you had Bermuda rough around the greens. So when you'd miss, you would end up with um, some kind of one option, back to your word, options. But now there's a lot more fairway roll-off areas with those edges that you talked about. A lot of edge work around the greens. And the ball will get away, in some cases, quite far away from the green. So you end up, when when you have fairway around the greens uh, and, and bunkers as well. You end up with longer shots, uh, but you have the ability to spin the ball uh, and and you have choices to make. When you have rough, you end up closer to the green, but you have more touchy wedge shots that your option is going up in the air because the option of spin is taken away. So it, it opens up a lot of creativity which along with options it comes creativity. And I think you're going to see that around the greens. Uh, and I also think you're going to see it um, in approach shots. They took out a lot of trees. The rough is not going to be as thick in May as it has been in August at Southern Hills in the past. And I think that's going to give players a real opportunity when they miss off the tee to be creative, when they miss greens to be creative. And so there, there are a number of players that have that kind of um, scrambling ability which I think is going to be on full display this week. And that type of player is very attractive to me this week um, because I, I I think you're going to have some scoring opportunities. I mean, you have, you have four par fours that are under 400 yards. That's going to give everybody in the field some wedge opportunities uh, on at least six holes. You have four par fours that are between 400 and 450. Those are, in today's game, depending on wind, I mean, those are wedge opportunities in a lot of cases. So I, I think you're going to have um, an opportunity for players of any distance to score. Uh, but that being said, distance distance is always an advantage. It'll be an advantage on the long par threes. It'll be an advantage on those par fives, especially if you're long enough to reach those in two and not everybody in the field will be. So I, I'm very interested in that case, but I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's really creative, skillful around the greens, uh, and and maybe a little artistic in the in the way they go about their tee to green play. All right, well I can't wait any longer. We've got to jump into this player pool and talk about some specific names. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. 
And we're back. The $10,000 range with five golfers. And I'll share my screen here. This is uh, a tool on rickrungood.com. That's my website. Everything you see will be from there. Scotty Scheffler, 11-4. John Rahm, 11-2. Justin Thomas is 10700 Colin Morikawa is 10-4. Roy McIlroy, even $10,000. Sia Najad, obviously in a major championship. The biggest of the big boys are going to be the most expensive. Find me the guys you prefer out of the 10K range. So I will say this, a lot of this, especially with this range, will come down to ownership. And, and I will say I will start some lineups in the nine range, which for any listeners of this show, that shouldn't be any surprise coming from me. But okay, so Scotty Scheffler, I really like. I, I, you know, the problem is when you make lineups with Scotty Scheffler, it, it does make it a little difficult. But you know, we just we just spent a couple minutes talking about how short game is important, around the green game is important. He does that well along with the ball striking, as we can see here on YouTube. He's winning off the tee. He's winning big on approach. He's winning huge around the green, and the putter is great too. I mean, nothing nothing that would surprise anybody from the number one player in the world, but I think it might be a surprise to some people how well he is doing with the short game because typically there is, you know, one part of the metric is kind of flat, even for the superior players. And that's just not the case with Scotty Scheffler. Um, we know he likes this track. He's actually publicly stated that, as everybody probably knows. He's probably my favorite in this range. I think Justin Thomas is going to be you know, a, a big-time choice. He's certainly a good course fit. I have a feeling the ownership is going to keep me off of him. So if I'm going for maybe a second and third place, it's probably Rory. Uh, Rory checks out really well here. He's, his recent form is really good with the fifth and a second in his last two outings. That's at the Masters in Wells Fargo. Um, he seems really, really close to putting it all together. So Rory is probably my second place behind Scheffler. And if I was going to go a third, it would probably be John Rahm. Scotty Scheffler's a problem, Greg, because the last 50 rounds, that's basically half a year, last 50 rounds, Weighted strokes gained approach, he's seventh. Weighted around the green, he's second. Weighted putting, he's seventh. Obviously, added all up uh, with his 32nd off the tee, and he's number one in this field. We talked about the different paths to the top of the leaderboard. Scotty kind of covers a lot of paths to the top of the leaderboard. Rick, are, are these uh, rankings? <laughs> these are rankings, my dude. <laughs> nice. Greg calls me once a week and says, Rick, when are you going to get rankings on rickrungood.com? Well, they're here, Greg. Yes. I, oh, I was actually, up. I was looking at this being like, wait, what page is this? Have I missed this this entire time? Okay, great. I hope everybody's watching on YouTube. I am fired up about Let's that. Go. Rick. that Major championship upgrading. week, baby. Constantly <laughs> upgrading. That's phenomenal. So, yes, um, Scotty Scheffler is a problem. And the thing that kept me off of him last week was – I don't want to call it a, a reliance on short game, but short game makes up so much of his skill set. It's why he's the number one player in the world. While the ball striking is fantastic, uh, the the separator for him is that short game. And I do think this week that could be extremely important. It could be a really big asset. You're not going to see the green irregulation numbers that you saw last week at the AT&T Byron Nelson. You're going to see a lot more players uh, hitting greens in the high 40s uh, good play, players who are hitting it really well hitting greens in the high 40s and low low 50s and that leaves a lot more opportunity around the green and scotty is an expert at that i i also think he is a very creative player he sees shots he feels shots he he's not one-dimensional in that aspect which should be really important for him this week and uh, um i think 
if you look at Sia's model, all around play, uh, driving, if you look at my model, a little more approach play and short game, um, however you break it down, Scotty fits. And so now the question is, can you make a really solid six person team with Scotty in your lineup? There's no reason to avoid him in my opinion, even if ownership is high, because I, I just believe he's going to be near the top of the leaderboard, if not winning this week. So, um, yeah, I'd be I'd be all over Scotty. I'd be trying to get him in. I'd be trying to get him in your lineups. Well, the last seven major championships for Scotty Scheffler, he has seven top 20 finishes. He has one, two, three, four, five top eight finishes. And oh, yeah, one green jacket along the way. Greg, I kind of uh, pigeonholed you into a Scotty Scheffler question. When you look at the rest of this 10K range, if it's not Scotty, uh, maybe if it's not JT, maybe it is JT. Like, Where else can we go here if Scotty ends up being too expensive? Well, uh, look, this range is full of extremely playable guys. And like we were saying earlier, I I mean, there's nobody in this range that I'm going to say is a bad play. But uh, there are two guys that I think kind of stand out to me as they have uh, maybe a little bit of a weakness, and that'd be JT and Rory. Now, the hard part is their games look so good. Their numbers look so good. Their recent form is so good. There are so many reasons to play them. But when they get into major championships, sometimes there's maybe an extra level of um, emotion that they bring in um, and, and maybe a higher possibility of a letdown, if you will. And that may that may be enough to keep me off of JT and and Rory. Um, I may get a little aggressive here and there and try to get them in there because I like them so much. But at least I, I think John Rahm is ex- is extremely hard to avoid. Um, we know how good his ball striking has been. He's coming off of a win. He's gained strokes in in his last three events putting. Um, which has been a problem for him. So I think that's fixed. And John Rom's another guy that checks every single box here. But the the guy that I'm really interested in, I feel really good about him this week, is Colin Morikawa, mm. who you know, I asked a question last night, are you worried about him taking uh, three weeks in a row off? And it's just something I would kind of was wondering, well, where – where's Colin? I expected to see him at either the Wells Fargo or the AT&T Byron Nelson and didn't. And it, it raised that question in my head, but I looked into it and there's, there's nothing to fear here. Well, when he's taken three weeks off or more on the PGA tour, he's finished inside the top 10 every single time. So it, it has not been a concern at all. Uh, in fact, he did the same exact thing last year, heading into the PGA and finished tied eighth on a golf course that probably didn't fit him very well. This one fits him. This should really fit him. He should have a lot of short iron opportunities. He should have a lot of uh, a, a lot of wedge opportunities. And I think he's going to play from the fairway a lot, which, um, which, which almost reduces the importance of his around the green play. But I think Scotty will lean on it a little more. I think JT and Rory will lean on it a little more. Fortunately, they're both very good in that area. I don't think Colin's going to have to lean on on short game all that much. And I, I love his precision with his short irons. So I, I feel um, I feel really strongly about Morikawa this week. I'm not sure he's going to win, but I, I think the golf course is the right size for him. I, and I, I think it's a perfect setup for Morikawa. Man, these young guys are really good at major championships. Morikawa's yeah. last five majors, five finishes inside the top 18, 
four of them inside the top eight, one win. That doesn't even count his PGA championship victory because that wasn't in his last five major starts. That is just stout, absolutely stout golf in the biggest events of the year. That's scary. Yeah. And if you look at the ones that aren't stout, it's a first attempt at the masters. We know that we know how difficult that can be. Um, you have the 2020 U S open at, at winged foot an extremely difficult venue uh, where in 2006, Tiger Woods missed the cut there and went on to win his very next, uh, in fact, his next two major championships. So Wingfoot has taken down some of the best players in the history of the game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't, and the, the 19 us open uh, at Shinnecock Hills was extremely difficult as well. So uh, I, I kind of have an excuse for him in everything. That's not a top 10 finish. He's he's, he could be a problem this week as well. Let's jump down to the $9,000 range here. Uh, Victor Hovland, 9,900. Camp Smith, Jordan Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley. We rounded out with Hideki Matsuyama, Patrick Cantlay, and Brooks Kepka. Sia, you said you'll build some lineups that start in this $9,000 range. So if we're in the $9,000 range, now where do we want to start? Well, I mean, how would you guys feel about starting with Cameron Smith and Jordan Spieth? Pretty decent, right? Pretty good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so those are two of my favorite guys in this tournament. I'll, I'll point out Victor Hovland only in the sense that if he happens to be, of like the two young guns that always get associated with each other, Morikawa and Hovland, I think Morikawa is likely to carry a little bit more ownership than Hovland. So I think Hovland is a, a pretty good leverage play in spite of the around the green issues that both he and Colin might have. But my two favorite are definitely uh, Cameron Smith and Jordan Spieth. Uh, I, I like Patrick Cantlay as well, but like Cameron Smith just gets it done. I mean, this is definitely the type of course, especially if you're going to need some short game magic where Cameron Smith is likely going to excel. We haven't seen him a ton lately. That doesn't really bother me at all. Um, as we look here, I mean, the approach play has been pristine. Obviously off the tee, he's he's had some issues here and there. But if you look at the approach in the around the green game and the putter, I mean, this is a guy who can absolutely win this tournament. He showed that at the players, obviously, almost took down the Masters. Yeah, he's taken the same amount of time off as Morikawa, which is, uh haven't seen him since the Zurich Classic, but he's currently in the midst of his best approach season ever. He's currently in the midst of basically his best putting season ever. Still very good around the greens. It's, it's all there as long as he keeps it in play off the tee, which he does well enough. Let's talk Jordan Spieth here, Sia, because that was the other name. A win at the RBC Heritage, a runner-up finish last week at the AT&T Byron Nelson, looking to complete the career Grand Slam, and you like what you see from Jordan. Yeah, and the thing about Jordan Spieth is pricing came out before he made this great run at the Byron Nelson. I know the fields are different, but obviously with the way he played there, I mean, I think we're getting a, a certainly a discount on Spieth. If you just look at his ball striking, including off the tee, which was often a criticism of him last year, actually the last couple of years, uh, it's been really, really good. He finally gained with the putter and almost took down, probably should have taken down a tournament uh, yesterday. So Jordan Spieth at 9,600. I mean, I think if we put him at 10-2, uh, I don't think we would blink at that. So I think you're getting value there. I think there's also going to be ownership there, though, as well. So again, I think this is a tournament where there's going to be a few guys that are going to carry some ownership. That's something to watch out for. But Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth, uh, I like them both quite a bit. Yeah, certainly worth noting, uh, and thank you, Sia. This this pricing did come out very, very early. So the results of the Byron Nelson not cooked in to this pricing. So, Greg, when you start to see what we have available in this $9,000 range, where does your attention turn to? Well, you think about um, some of the 
key attributes that we outlined earlier. You think of creativity, you think of short game, you think of iron play. Cam Smith and Jordan Spieth jump off the page to me, which Sia mentioned. I couldn't agree more. I think those are um, both fantastic plays this week. And, you know, they're also great bunker players. Um, which which could go a long way, and they're extremely attractive. Uh, the other guy that I'll mention, and we talked about him a little bit beforehand, Rick, is Hideki Matsuyama. Let's go. Um, it, it's just, I, I, this could be a Hideki week. Um, he gained strokes putting last week. That's That's been kind of a bugaboo for him. I think he has a really underrated short game in general. Maybe his victory at the Masters kind of showed people how good his short game is. But his his wedge play and short game is um, is top tier. It's it, it. I don't know if I'd call it elite, but it's pretty pretty darn close. So I don't worry about him in that aspect. Again, if you if you want to favor driving, Hideki Matsuyama fits that mold. If you want to favor approach play, he fits that mold. And and if you weigh in short game into the mix too, yeah, he fits that mold. And to address the putting issue with both. Um, with both Jordan Spieth and Hideki Matsuyama. In the last 10 PGA Championships, only two of the winners have entered the PGA top top 50 in putt in strokes game putting. Top 50. So eight, eight of the last 10 winners have been outside the top 50 in strokes game putting. Uh, I find that to be alarming. I mean, Jason Duffner won. He was 163rd entering. Uh, Colin Morikawa was 164th. Phil was 122nd. Uh, Brooks Kepka was 93rd when he won and entering in strokes game putting. So I, I think you could get a similar story this week. Now, is that a, that doesn't take away from a Camp Smith? I, I think Camp Smith, the fact that he's the best putter on the PGA Tour, works everywhere. That's great everywhere. Uh, but I don't think putting is a pre prerequisite. So I'm. Um, I'm not worried about it for Hideki. I'm not worried about it for Jordan because um, I, I think they're improving in those areas as well. So, yeah, I, I really like Spieth. I really like Hideki, and I really like Cam Smith in this reign. The last 10 starts for Hideki Matsuyama have resulted in two victories, two more top 10s, two more top 15s and another top 20 and that's wow he's been dealing with the injury right like it's been yeah, lingering it's forever it's it's amazing what he's been able to do and when healthy which he seemingly is right now it has been very very good for Hideki Matsuyama Rick, uh, do, do you think uh do you think we're past the 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 risk of the WD risk for Hideki Matsuyama I, I would think so. Again, it's so hard and we'll never know the true answer to this, but he took what the month off from the masters uh, to the Byron Nelson and then yeah. looked awesome and healthy. And when I saw him on TV, I didn't see him stretching or grabbing at anything. So I would, I would be very comfortable uh, rolling with Hideki uh, under the assumption that he's, he's, he's healthy and ready to roll. We're not going to be having to refresh the PGA Tour comms page before I lock time. Uh, I, I don't. Want, I don't want to get CT panned again. Well, like we, last we, week, uh, we haven't I gotten. Saw, to, yeah, we haven't gotten to a couple of players that that might apply to. There are that actually a couple of guys who, who have already withdrawn. Sung J M out. Paul Casey out. Um, so at least they did that early. Yeah, but I hope we don't have to refresh for Hideki. No, I, I hope not too, because it looks so. It sets up so well for him. I'm excited to see what he does. I, I really like his chances this week. I, I will say this, Rick, with 
there's probably four or five guys in this 9K range that are going to be pretty popular for good reason. And there's going to be like four that aren't very popular, some with pretty low ownership, relatively speaking. So obviously, I think Cameron Smith and Jordan Spieth, and I haven't looked at any initial ownership, but I think those two, I think Decky's going to get some popularity. Uh, Xander's the one I'm not sure about after being double digit under par just yesterday. I think he's going to catch a little bit at 9,300. But I did want to point out Patrick Cantlay, Brooks Kepka, maybe even Dustin Johnson gets squeezed out a little bit because people are going to want to go up to Jordan Spieth or down to Decky or Xander, something like that. So I think when you're talking about roster construction and being different, I mean, it's, you know, not having one of those popular guys and or maybe two of those popular guys and having Dustin Johnson with, let's say, a Patrick Cantlay, that is like going to make you very different from the field in all likelihood. So I think that's some things to consider there just because we like Jordan Spieth and Cameron Smith or Hideki Matsuyama a ton. That doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to outperform these guys who might be seven, eight percentage uh, points lower than them from an ownership standpoint. I'd, I'd happily get different with Patrick Cantlay this week. So, so would I. Yeah, yeah, let's 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 talk about those two. Cantlay Kepka, because I think they're they're kind of question marks. Greg, we'll we'll start here with you because Cantley's not been good at major championships. He's been phenomenal everywhere else. Kepka, we haven't seen since the Masters withdrew before the Byron Nelson, and now we are just like shoulder shrug on the state of, of Kepka's game. They're like opposites in a way, where you look at Cantley and he checks every box except major record. You look at Kepka and he checks zero boxes except major records. Major record. So they're they're opposite in that degree. I, I'm much more comfortable. I'm much more comfortable with Patrick Cantlay. Uh, and the reason is it's not that Kepka hasn't played since missing the cut at the Masters. It said he was gonna play last week and withdrew. Mm. And that I, I don't know what that's about. I don't know why he would uh, I don't know why he would do that. Um, and, and so that raises question, is it injury? Has he been battling an injury? Uh, I mean, he was playing a lot on the PGA tour before the masters. He was really playing. It wasn't like, um, all right, well, um, it major nothing. I don't care about anything else. I didn't get that sense from him earlier in the year. Uh, but, but now I'm wondering why he withdrew last week. It worries me. He's a guy that really likes to play the week before majors, especially the PGA. He's always played the week before the PGA. Um, and, and it's worked really well. So I think he's maybe off his routine a little bit and I'm, I'm rather worried about it. Can't lay. The one question is when is he going to get over this major championship hurdle? Uh, and this setup could be perfect for him. Another guy that's really creative. He likes to move the ball around his short games. Fantastic. He's made huge strides with his putting since, uh, since switching putters last year. His game is just so well-rounded. It's hard to, it's hard to stay away. Okay. I, I agree. Uh, I, I love the way you put that They're They're kind of opposites, which is yeah. very, very true. Uh, the $8,000 range still has a ton of great names that you recognize. We are going to dive into that and further, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. $8,000 range here. 12 golfers in the $8,000 range. And we start with one who missed the cut last week. Will Zalatoris, then Sam Burns, Shane Lowry, Daniel Berger, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, I guess Sung J.M. is out, so don't, don't put him in. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods, Max Homa, Terrell Hatton, Corey Connors, Louis Eustacen. Uh Bryson DeChambeau just tweeted out two hours ago as we record this. He says, quote, 
on my way to Southern Hills, going to test how I'm feeling over these next couple of days and decide whether on whether to compete. Looking forward to being in Tulsa. That might be the last update we get, Sia. On Bryson outside, okay, like if he says, yeah, I'm going to play, it's going to put everybody in a pickle. Uh, what could we possibly do with Bryson for DFS purposes? So I, that's just one we have to monitor, I think. I, I'm much more willing to take a chance on a guy like Brooks Kepka, who I do think presents value, although obviously he can absolutely miss a cut pretty easily. I'm much more willing to go in on Brooks Kepka than I am somebody like Bryson at this point. But listen, if if we see him, and I'm sure we'll see video footage because we always do, if we see him hitting it and he seems to be in, in good shape and in good spirits at 8,300, given that I, you know, I'm going to be emphasizing you know, distance a little bit more than others and off the tee a little bit more than others, uh, I don't mind playing Bryson, but the reality is you know, this probably isn't the test for him to come back to, you know, if he's in like, this isn't, if you're injured and you haven't played a while and you haven't been practicing because of an injury, I'm not sure that this is the track you want to, you know, get right on. So he's probably a stay away from me. Any strong thoughts on Bryson, Greg? Yeah, he's absolutely a stay away from me. <laughs> Look, Bryson, it, it, he's Brooks Kepka. I think it's a very interesting point. Brooks Kepka has a, a very simple um, approach to the game of golf. It's very simple. He can go a long stretch and, and turn it on and play. His attitude is it's just golf. Mm. And whether whether you agree with that or not, that's the way that he operates. Uh, but Bryson DeChambeau is a guy that needs work in order to feel right. He needs that effort. He needs to know his numbers. He needs to know what's going on. Not He's not going to go feel, feel it out. Now, he's very talented, but there are very, very few signs for me that this is a, a place that he's going to do well. Um, and so I would be a vehement, I mean, it's the easiest guy in the 8k range to cross off your list to me. Um, and that includes, that includes Tiger Woods. In the midst of, uh, Easily the worst year of uh, his career. Now, he hasn't played a lot when he does, and he's been battling injury. Hasn't been good. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's basically red across the board for Bryson. Let's open up the 8K range to anybody else then, Sia, because if we're out on Bryson, who are we in on? Yeah, we're in on quite a few guys here. Uh, let's start with Will Zalatoris, my one and done last week, which is super disappointing what he did at the Byron Nelson, but it really came down to the putter with him. He lost 4.22 strokes putting. He was great in the ball striking department. He just, you know, unfortunately with the putter, he sort of reverted back to what he was prior to, let's see, the Masters and the WGC Dell match play. So it's one of those things I'm willing to lean, especially in a tournament where perhaps Greg is right that the putter is not going to be a super strong um emphasis relative to off the tee approach and around the green i'm willing to go right back to will zalatoris especially if i think his ownership percentage is going to be a few percentage points lower coming off of that miscut if we compare for example will zalatoris to sam burns sam burns like if you look at the profiles of those two i much prefer going to a miscut will zalatoris versus a miscut sam burns Zalatoris, the good news is, uh, gained three strokes on approach last week in that miscut, which is right on brand for him. It's not a huge concern. It would be a big concern if he did something completely out of the ordinary, but that's not what happened. So uh, I'm also willing to buy back in on Will Zalatoris. Greg, how are you allocating your funds in this $8,000 tier? 
Well, one, I think that Will Zalatoris could be his first win on the PGA Tour. It would not surprise me if it was at a major. It would not surprise me at all if it was this week. He's been uh, telling us, Greg. He's been telling us he's a major championship guy. Yeah, and it's one thing to believe that. Um, that's a huge asset. It's another to show it. He's shown it. I mean, he's basically got his PGA Tour card through success in major championships um, and other events as well. But the majors were a huge help. And so I, I look at this player and when the golf courses get harder, his skill set, um, it, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? His skill sets magnify. Um, and, and his, he separates himself from the field with the really high quality ball striking. I also, I think around the greens, his around the green play is a little underrated. You know, he's, He's a really high spin wedge player. And so his struggle in regular PGA tour events is reducing the spin coming into the greens. A lot of, he has to be careful that he's not going to spin it too much. Whereas in majors, when greens get a little firmer and looking at the weather report this week, I think you're going to see a firm golf course um, that that high spin is an asset. It allows him to stop the ball where some others can't. So it, his, profile across the board fits majors perfectly. Uh, and when you think back to these putting statistics I outlined earlier, um, I mean, this might be perfect. The fact that he missed the cut last week, I thought he was going to have a great week last week. The fact that he missed the cut does not scare me away at all. And again, I would not be surprised if his first PGA tour win was a major. Every single golfer in this field dating back to 2008, in major championships, Colin Morikawa has gained the most strokes, 2.1 strokes per round. Obviously, a couple major championships on the resume. Brooks Kepka, no surprise, number two. Will Zalatoris, it's only 21 rounds, gaining over two strokes per round in major championships. So that makes four golfers, Morikawa, Kepka, Zalatoris, Scheffler, who are gaining at least two strokes per round. Uh, Brooks' sample size is, is insane to keep up yeah. that way. But like that, those, those are the names. You look at that list and it's like, well, which one of these is not like the other? Cause there's, there's something very clear that's missing from one of these names. Uh, and it's, well, three of them have titles. One right. doesn't. How long does that last? Yeah. Zaltoris has the runner up finish at the masters, a T six, a T eight and another sixth place finish. So he's knocking at the door. Um, see uh, the rest of this eight K range. Joaquin Neiman for three rounds last week was awesome. Fades on Sunday. Daniel Berger. I feel like someone we haven't talked about in quite some time. Even Shane Lowry. These have, these are guys that are having really good seasons. How, how can we get access to some of these other guys or is it worth getting access to some of these other guys? Oh, it absolutely is. And, and I think a lot of it is going to be contingent upon your roster construction and ownership percentage because some of these guys might be popular, one of which might be uh, Shane Lowry. I don't think he's going to be super popular, like you know the most popular guy in the field, but uh, certainly great value there. The ball striking is good. The short game is good. Um, Shane Lowry just this season in general has been very good in pretty much all aspects. As we can see here, the putter, uh, really shines and the approach game can really, really pop. We see gaining seven, gaining five, gaining 8.4. Um, it can really pop there. So I think Shane Lau is going to be a popular guy. I think you're right to point out Joaquin Neiman. I think his game really is a good fit here. Uh, he's going to be able to hit these sort of wider fairways. He's going to be pretty long. 
Uh, his around the green game is excellent, as is Shane Lowry's. The windy conditions I don't think are going to affect either of those two guys. If I could point out a, another couple of names, I do think Berger is interesting. I think that's more of like an ownership play if, if he ends up being lower ownership. I think Max Home is going to be pretty popular. I do want to point out a pivot there in Terrell Hatton, a guy who typically is not going to rate out well in your models. The approach game, the off the tee game isn't great, but you know, Last time we talked about that, he had a fine tournament. But I think last I'm trying to remember the tournament where his long irons didn't rate out well and, and long irons were an emphasis in that tournament and, and he played just fine. So um, Terrell Hatton as a pivot off of maybe somebody like Max Homer, or Corey Connors, I think is very interesting. One name I suppose we should probably talk about is uh, how do I pronounce this? Oh, Tiger Woods. He's 80. $200, Greg. Um, I'm watching whatever this is called live from PGA Championship. They're doing a lot of Tiger Woods stuff, as you can imagine. He looks strong. He looks good. It's a lot different in practice. But how do you start to try to break down Tiger Woods' chances this week and whether he is worth $8,200 on draft kicks? Um. I think it's purely ownership based. I, I, I think he there. The benefit with Tiger is I, I think you can expect a made cut out of him. So in a way, there's there, there's not a ton of risk. The thing that worries me about Tiger is I don't know if he's going to have the um, the if he has the upside right now. I like you think about what he did last when he won here in 2007. He shot 63 on Friday. Does he does he have 63 in him? Probably not. Does he have a, a 66 in him? I don't. I don't know. I worry about that. I, I feels like the fight is to hang around par, which he can do, uh, and and he can make the cut that way. But when you look at the Scotty Schefflers and the you know the, some of these guys, the John Robs of the world. Uh, these guys can make birdies and bunches no matter how hard it is. And I just question the upside. So if ownership's really low on Tiger and I have some risky plays somewhere in the lineup, I, I think he could be a valuable play. I think he could be a valuable play in a cash game lineup because I think you're going to get a made cut from him. Um, but there, the concern is, are we going to get another decline over the weekend? Um, and, and do we have, is, what, what's the upside? Uh, and that's a, that's of concern for me. Is there any world Sia that we live in, in which Tiger Woods is uh low owned? That does not feel, that does not feel like a it world. Does, it doesn't feel possible. <laughs> that doesn't feel like a world that I'm currently living in. I, you know, I've, I've been famously wrong on this before, not about Tiger, but about some other people, but Tiger, I, I don't think he's going to carry a ton of ownership to be honest. Well, okay. So here's the thing. crazy, sir. No, but here's the thing. It depends what you're asking. Like if you were talking about like the hundred dollars single entry or the 200 SC, like I don't think he's going to carry much ownership at all there. But if we're I talking agree. about like the Millie maker, then yeah, of course the, the, the casual player that's jumping in here and jumping out next week is definitely going to be playing some Tiger Woods. But in terms of, let, I'll put it this way, in terms of the smaller field contests, like a thousand and, and, and fewer, um, I don't think you're going to see much by way of Tiger Woods. All right, how about this? I'll set uh I'll set the Tiger Woods Millie Maker over under ownership at 11 and a half CA. You want the over or the under on what it'll actually be? That is such a good number. Obviously it is. <laughs> that on. is such a good number. Okay. Uh in the Millie Maker, I'm going to put it 
just under 11 and a half percent. Okay. We'll a check fraction. Back. Check back Thursday. I'm writing it Greg. down so I don't forget. What do you think, Greg? You want, you want, I'll you take the, the I'll take the over. Okay. We'll take take Greg on the over. We'll we'll see. We'll it's see just to make it fun. Thursday morning. Uh $7,000 range. And boy, are there a lot of them? Yes. Are they pretty sizable names? Also, yes. Matt Fitzpatrick, Tony Finau, Abanter at the top. The flat $7,000 golfers include Alex Norton, Brian Harmon, Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, Ricky Fowler, or Ricky Fowler. Greg, we'll start here with you first. Um, what do you see that has uh, your ears perked up here in the $7,000 range? Um, a, a very, very interesting range. Uh, so there are a couple of guys that really stick out to me. What, what are we going to get out of a Matt Fitzpatrick? Uh, it feels, he feels like a very safe play to me. Uh, I think his game is very well-rounded. Uh, and of course he's at, he's at 7,900 flat, but I love the way that he's been hitting the ball. Uh, and I think a major championship could, could suit him well. And I don't think distance is going to be mandatory here. Um, but um, the other guy I really like is Cam Young, uh, and I know Sia is going to really like him too. So I'll let I'll let Sia take that one. But I I think Cam Young is a great option, and I'm very curious. Oh, there's so many guys I like. I I wonder what. I, well, I don't think I want to go that way. Same, but same. come on, come on. Yeah. Come on, well, Mark Mark Leishman. Oh, I just I I feel like Leishman has. Uh, uh, something brewing. I like what he's done approaching the green the last three events. I think he can get away with some of his errancy off the tee. And I, I'm wondering if you're going to get a little uh, a sandbelt feel with the bunkers and the around the green play here. So you know how hot he can get with the putter. Mm. Maybe, maybe a Mark Leishman. I'm not fully committed to that one yet. Um, but there is a guy that I think typically majors don't fit his game very well. Non-majors tend to fit his game very well. Uh, and that's Billy Horschel. Yeah, I'm glad you I'm said very, that. I'm very, very interested in Billy Horschel this week. He's hitting the ball really nicely this year. He's driving it great this year. Uh, but he, but he's a player who leans on short game and putting in general. And I think you're kind of seeing an all-around game this year that could could go a long way for him. He wins more than you think. He's got two wins in the last 14 months. He's got another runner-up finish at the Zurich. Uh, he has not been good at majors, but his best major has been the PGA Championship in which he's made eight consecutive cuts, eight of the nine that he's played. He missed the first one, has made the cuts since. So obviously different golf courses, but um, this has been basically his best championship. I don't mind. I saw him as long as 110 to one, Greg. What, what do you guys think of... This do do you think this is a big? Would you cl classify this as a big golf course? Not like we've seen some other places. I, I I think that you're right that even where it's the biggest is kind of eaten up on the fives, right? Um, and the threes and the threes, yeah, yeah. So like the majority of the holes, I would not describe as overly long or anything like that right um, i mean you got one you got one par four over 500 yards yeah which what we saw in what what mech didn't mexico have like four par fours over 500 yards yeah yeah all the par fives <laughs> that they all the par they fives converted. for the resort guests <laughs> yeah, 
so I look, I, I think like Billy Horschel, I, we didn't talk about him in the 8K range, but Daniel Berger, these are guys that, uh, in my opinion, they struggle when golf courses get to a certain size. And and with with Bill, it feels like this week, for some reason, the Billy Horschels and the Daniel Burgers are going to be let in and we're going to get to see their skill set shine, which I, I, I really I'm very curious about it. And I think it's going to be a great week for him. See ya. The 10, oh, not the 10K range. We're well past the 10K range, the 7K range. Um, Greg thinks you like Cam Young, so we can talk about him if you want or anybody else that might uh, be getting some looks from you. Yeah, so I'll, I'll get to Cam Young uh, last because I think there's certainly some pros and cons for him. Um, I, I do like Matt's, Matt Fitzpatrick. He does feel safe. And typically when you're talking about tournaments, you know, the safe play doesn't really come through, especially in the 7K range. But I, I can't deny the fact that uh, Fitzpatrick does seem to do everything pretty well. I think Tony Fee now is really interesting. I'm really curious to see what his ownership is going to be like. Um, he's been playing pretty well. I mean, off the tee, he crushes it. You know, I'm, I'm emphasizing that a little bit more than, than some. And he can really pop on approaches. Everybody knows the around the green game has been pretty good over the last couple of tournaments. It tends to be bad. So you're really potentially um, sacrificing a made cut with, with the around the green game with Tony Finau, perhaps. But I think he's really interesting at that price. I think if Tony Finau was like, I don't know, 8,500, we would have thought nothing of it. So I think there's some value there. Um, beyond him, I'll go to three guys. I'll just name three guys before I get to uh, to Cam Young. Gooch is interesting at 7,400. His metrics are pretty awful lately in the ball striking department. I just don't believe that that is who Taylor Gooch is. And he's, he is around the green game, really is very good. So that that's you know a feather in his cap. I think Jason Kokrak is a really sneaky play at 7,300. He's great off the tee. He can be very good on approach in his short game. Um, Hasn't been bad. The last guy before I bring up Cam Young is Alex Norn. He was one of my favorite plays last week. He continues to be one of my favorite plays this week for similar reasons, even though I understand it's a different course. Cam Young, so the pros and cons here. Here's the, the major con. I think he's going to have a lot of ownership because he's Cam Young, and he and everybody knows he's a guy that can absolutely pop. I think another con for him is the approach game has been a little bit more erratic than I think people think. Uh, with that said, he makes up for it in so many other departments. Uh, namely the the around the green game, which has been really good, and the off the tee game. So obviously, as we see on YouTube, he can absolutely pop with approach. He's really a perfect tournament play if the ownership isn't too crazy because we know what his upside is. So for me, I do like Cameron Young. I would just monitor his ownership. Back-to-back top three finishes for Cam Young, which is now four top three finishes in this season, uh, which is very, very impressive stuff. Okay, gents, that leaves us with one final tier here. It's the $6,000 range. Cam, uh, Cam Champ, Chris Kirk, Frankie Molinari, some of the names at the top. Let's see who's min price at the PGA Championship. Jimmy These Walker. are going to be the, t- the team of 20. John Daly. Let's go. Matthew Borchert. Not familiar with Matthew. Daly and Walker, I am. Uh, Greg, we'll start with you, bud. What do you want in the 6K range? Uh, It's, I think it's going to be, first of all, a very important range. Um, And and especially if you want to get your Scotty Schefflers in there. Mm. So this is one that's like a little, it's stressful for me. One name that I've seen that I really like if you go off a T to green play is Chris Kirk. 
He's been yeah. phenomenal tee to green. One of the better players in the field, believe it or not, uh, depending on how many rounds you do. Um, I, I think Sebastian Munoz, who I was really big on last week, I'm probably going to come off of him. Uh, I, I, I like Mito Pereira, another tee to green expert who's been playing some, some nice golf. And then the other guy, again, get getting down to this range. I'm really emphasizing tee to green play. Um, and this one's kind of a little unfair, but burned Wiesberger, um, maybe, maybe a good option. He's played some nice golf overseas. He's at 6,600 could be an advantage. Um, and perhaps we see a, a surprise DP world tour player up there. Oh, Oh, uh, one other, one other guy. I almost forgot. Um, Mackenzie Hughes, mm. complete pop play. Complete, complete guess, but seems like a guy. This seems like it could be a good golf course for him. Sixty six hundred. Yeah, Chris Kirk was. Uh, so I had sort of by T to green there because uh, Greg was mentioning Kirk and Viesberger, who are one yeah. and two in uh, strokes gained T to green over the last twenty four rounds. Mito Pereira also made that short list. He's fourth in which uh, Greg Greg was referring to. So, uh, Sia, the six thousand dollar range is yours, my friend. Chris Kirk, I absolutely love. Um, so just to break that down even further for him, uh, he's gained on approach and off the tee in seven straight measure tournaments. So separately, not forgetting about ball striking, off the tee and approach seven straight events. And prior to that, it hasn't been that bad either. Um, pretty good around the green as well. So, you know, if the putter is okay for him, he's going to be great. I think Aaron Wise is interesting, especially if we de-emphasize the putter. Rick, I know he's near and dear to your heart. Um, really, the only issue is the putter for Aaron Wise because everything else looks really, really good. Um, as we see here on YouTube, the approach game has been really good with several pops in there. Off the tee, he's been great. And the round of green game, let's see, uh, somebody help me out. Four out of the last six, he's gained around the green. I mean, this is this is really good stuff in terms of what we're looking for for this tournament. Four out of the last six, five of the last seven for Aaron Wise. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, he is near and dear to my heart because I've bet him probably more than anybody this week. Let me tell you, or this year, let me tell you how many tournaments he's won. Zero. Zero <laughs> tournaments is how many he's won. That's, That's right. a liability. It's all right. We'll still we'll, we'll figure I, it out. I got, I got one other guy I want to throw in there. Please. Yeah, let's Wait, go. You haven't mentioned Adam Hadwin yet, so is, is that the guy? Is this the time? I, I'm so disappointed with him. Greg, Greg's I mean, just a crash, in, just a just a crash and burn on uh, the approach play. I'm sure he'll rebound, but the guy that I wanted to mention is at 6,500, um, and he's played some really nice golf. Oh, and yeah. Honor Bon Lahiri. Mm-hmm. I mean, what what do you guys think about him? Because I'm, I'm uh, my my. I think he's very playable at 6,500. Well, what I like is when kind of what the player says aligns with what the stats say. Cause Greg, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen, right? A guy, right. I'm, I'm swinging it beautifully. I'm smoking it off the tee. I'm hitting it the best I ever have. You go look at it. And you're like, this guy stinks off the tee. Or yeah. Happens. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, whatever you're doing, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Or, or sometimes they are just, they are trying to speak it into existence. They're trying to convince themselves. It's all relative, especially when they're so, uh, in tune with their own game. But Lahiri, uh, what he has said uh, publicly aligns with the the instant change in his stats. 
He talked about how many strokes he lost on approach at the Honda Classic, eight of them, which is shockingly bad. He went through kind of, uh, he, he didn't do a, a, a swing change, Greg. He just, he just adjusted the lead tape, got a different feel for it. And now almost instantaneously, he's a much better ball striker. And then that kind of bleeds confidence into the rest of the game. I, I like it. And it's the same with, it was the same with Hadwin when he kind of figured it out during the five weeks off at the new year with the approach plays. The same with Norin. When you get a narrative that aligns with the metrics, I believe that to be a fairly strong uh, key indicator. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're talking ahead, about, oh, I was just going to say, you're talking about a guy that's 6,500 who came in second at the players. He's coming off a tied sixth at the Wells Fargo, another difficult setup, uh, a tied 15th the week before that. I mean, he's got, th he's got four top 15 finishes in his last five starts and he's 6,500. It seems like there's extremely high value there. So a couple things here. So th there's going to be some, obviously the stars and scrubs is going to be a popular build and there's going to be three or four guys that are just going to neatly fit uh, in that stars and scrubs approach. For example, Mito Pereira, uh, mm. Adam Hadwin, Kevin Na, perhaps who, who checks out pretty well here. Uh, Davis Riley, who has been absolutely on fire. So I think in, in when you're building stars and scrubs, if you can pivot off of some of those popular guys or, or people who I perceive to be popular guys, I mean, Anabon Lahiri is like kind of like the perfect pivot from that. Another guy I do want to mention is Ryan Fox, who's been doing really good things on the DP World Tour as, as recently as last week. So that's another guy to keep in mind as a pivot off of, I'm not going to call some of the 6K guys chalk, but certainly guys like Mito and Hadwin and maybe Riley and Na are going to be popular. I, I love the Lahiri play. Love it. Uh, Sia, have we been blessed with any narrative lineup for Southern Hills? Is it guys that roll fastest down hills is it like what 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 can we possibly do this week <laughs> oh that's uh that's interesting rick so uh, we got we actually got some very interesting not necessarily on point narrative lineups but okay. were, they were interesting nonetheless and and they came in as soon as pricing came out so they've been sort of trickling in over the last four or five days um but i i gotta be honest it's you know who delivers? Uh, yep. John Markowski. Yep. John Markowski John always Markowski, delivers. Baby. And that's not to take anything away from the other sub, uh, submissions. But I mean, you know, so unfortunately for John, there was a couple guys that withdrew that were like perfect in his, in oh, his, no. uh, in his narrative lineup. However, we were able, he was able to cobble together a, a, a person and I was able to cobble together the person. And this is under my Twitter because I had to sort of refine it a little bit because of the WDs, but this is mostly John Markowski's. So it oh, is the toast crap. and yeah. roast to Lefty, who is not going to be with us for the PGA Championship. So these are all, <laughs> these are all puns. That also tie into something related to Phil Mickelson. Am I understanding that right? That is correct. Oh, God. Not all of them are, wow. are, are flattering either. Um, so it starts off here, Sia. Joaquin Neem Insider Trading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're, we're roasted right out of the gate. Yes. Uh, Dustin John Sun Devil. That's mm -hmm. pretty good. Yeah. Not bad. That's pretty good. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't, so I have to get my brain to say this right. Sep <laughs> Sep struck a deal with the Saudis. <laughs> yes, indeed. Clever. <laughs> oh, this is the best. This is the best one. Cam Cam somehow defending champ. It's 
So that's Cam Champ, by the way. All right. Not yeah. yeah. Yes. See Woo Kim planted calves, which is hard to say. And then Jonathan, what happens in <laughs> Vegas? Yes. The toast and roast to the lefty squad team leaves you with $3,800 to quote, throw around at the tables. That's not even like a, a fifth of a bet for Phil. We're going to need more than that to throw around. I think. See ya. Yeah, he's going to have to maybe like put that on a number on the roulette wheel and go 35 to one on it to have something to play for blackjack. Man, yeah, that I got to be honest. I was thinking about like, what are we going to see? What I mean, what, how, how are you going to play off of the, the PGA championship? And this is so creative. I mean, I'm, bl- I'm blown away. This is this is good stuff. Um, again, thanks to John Markowski. My ad was Jonathan, uh, what happens in Vegas, especially with the recent news that came out about a week ago uh, with Phil. Um, but yeah, he did the rest. Good stuff. I love that. John Markowski, hat tip to you, my friends. Congratulations on another great week. You you are you are a major championship performer. I knew you'd come with the heat <laughs> for the PGA Championship. See, we don't have uh, tea times as of yet, but are we able, are we thinking about any first round leaders uh, for this week? Yeah, but this is as unofficial as you could possibly get, because we know one thing we didn't really address was that the wind is going to be an issue here, probably three out of four days, and particularly Thursday and Friday with wind and wind gusts. So tee times are going to be important. Um, Thursday so far, I I don't know that there's going to be a huge advantage to the morning versus the afternoon, but it very well could be. So I'll give you just some some soft numbers here, and then I'll refine it uh, after tea times come out. Likely Wednesday, I'll tag first cut pot. I'll tweet it out. Uh, Jordan Spieth at thirty five to one, Hideki Matsuyama at forty to one, Will Zalatoris forty five to one, and then a couple bombs. Alexander Noren at eighty, and Aaron Wise at one hundred and ten. Rick, you can't hit the outright over four rounds, but hey, maybe you can hit it after one. If I hit a first round leader on Aaron Wise at one ten to one, I might be even on him. <laughs> <laughs> well, double your bet, and then you'll be, be plenty in the green. That's Honestly, a nice maybe I should. Straight from Phil give, give me one good round uh, instead of instead of four. Um, I had another thought in there. Oh, if Jordan Spieth is your first round leader going for the career grand slam, just just crank it up to eleven. It's gonna be it's gonna be madness. Will yeah, it we'll take? Either. I mean, I think at that point it takes over the. That has to become the top story. I mean, unless Tigers, Tiger? unless Tigers T nine, yeah. If Tigers in the top ten, that's the story. But I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I hope it's the case. I don't think that's going to be the case. God, I think Jordan's that's... the story this week. He I do. Be, I think dude. this is five guys. Five guys, Greg. You know, five guys. It's a career. It's a career achievement. Yeah. Five guys. And I, I think this is his best chance to do it. So, um. That's the story. To, it's the story for me this week. No question. They're showing a stat on Victor. Uh, I guess the Big 12 championship in 2018 was held at Southern Hills, posted a second round 66 that included an eagle and five birdies, held the solo 36 hole lead by one shot. Then he closed 73 74 to finish T7. Don't worry about that. I love that you can dive just the deep, so deep into this stuff. This was four years ago. He's won multiple times as a pro, but we're uh, we're going to find out what he did as a collegiate player at, at Southern Hills. Crazy a lot stuff. of different angles. Mm-hmm. That'll be an important word this week too, Rick, along with options. Angles and options. Angles, Words. options, and ownership. 
Ooh. Ooh. Nice. All right, gents, that'll do it. Uh, mega preview pod Tuesday. Oh, my bad. Forgot to mention, you crazy kids in the chat, the fans, the one and done voting link available now. It's in the description. My bad. Should have mentioned it at the top. Get your vote in because on Tuesday morning when we go live with the Mega Preview Pod, we will reveal your selection. Good luck there. You'll need it. I'm hot, baby. I'm going on a run. Uh, what else do we have? Round-by-round round recaps. I don't know if we've officially announced the other stuff in between, but uh, I think there's there's more stuff coming as well. And I think Stick go. around on Wednesday. Stick around on Wednesday. We got we got some things coming. Jacob says, "Quote: Stick around on Wednesday." Which friends of the pod? Maybe people making some debuts. I know. Sounds like a stick around on Wednesday. (laughs) All right, we'll stick around on Wednesday. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Maybe Paul Casey. He's not playing. Maybe we should get him on the pod this week. Have we considered that? Reached out to his people. He was he was in the uh, lefty lineup, by the way. South Paul Casey. But with that's all. good too. Yeah. Dang Very it, good. Paul Casey. All right. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the real GFD. Sia Najad available at Sia Najad. You can find me at Rick Run. Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.